Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, live from Newtown um, at the McGrath office. Guys, I've got this to tell your you. Hood. This is your hood. This, this is, takes you back. John, this is, uh, I was brought up here. I came back here after, uh, when, I, when I was at uni and I was brought up here. I had my first year's marriage. I lived here for 10 years with uh, my wife. So um, this is a very familiar part of um, Sydney to me. King Street here. We're looking out onto King Street. Um, this is a great place in the world to have a real estate agency, but isn't it? Yeah, well, I think all of Sydney is a great place, but you're right, this is a good little village. And it's interesting, I think that there's also a movement towards Enmore yeah. and the southern end of King Street, so it's all <clears throat> really taking off here. But uh, we're sitting here, as, as we know, but our listeners don't, at the university end of King Street. Yeah. That, the university is one of the reasons I love Newtown. I think there's something about university cities, towns or suburbs. Yeah. And, you know, if you go overseas and there's Oxford and Cambridge and, and a whole range. But you know, even in Sydney, you come here, you've got this really eclectic group of young, inquisitive minds that are kind of going to the university next door by day and then they're coming here to discuss issues by night and go to the restaurants and they're living nearby. And It's kind of an exciting time. I mean, I've never been a huge university advocate. Not that it's bad, but it kind of it wasn't my path. Mm. And and I've seen plenty of people come out of universities kind of with a good education, but without the street smarts to apply it. But God, I, I love university suburbs. They really, they have a great flavour to them. Well, I lived in Forbes Street, which is the next um, uh, street uh, away from your office. And in that one street, you would have um, students, you would have um, the occasional tradesperson. Um, there was a TV presenter from ABC, there was uh, a couple of barristers. Um, it uh, it's got a very strong gay community. It's mm-hmm. got a, it's it's also surprisingly now you'll see a lot of uh, prams. So there's a lot of young uh, young fans. So I think what you're saying, John, is the ability to be in a suburb that has got so many small uh, demographics represented gives it an energy. And even mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch talked about he loved living in areas. <coughs> that had a lot of mixed and young people in there. Soho, I mean, he, had, he had a beautiful apartment, which he's now sold in Soho in New York, which for a lot of people was quite bohemian for someone of Mr Murdoch's sort of standing and could have yeah. been on you know, Fifth Avenue and anywhere he liked to be, any penthouse. Um, you know, he chose to have his place at Soho for a period. So, no, it's interesting. So we've just opened an office here, and some people say to me, why did you choose Newtown? Well, we think there are some parts of Sydney which are distinct villages with their own personality profiles we've just discussed. This is, John, a company office or a franchise? Company-owned, company-owned office. Um, So, you know, we just felt this was one of those areas we've opened in Balmain, which we think is a similar area. It's got real sort of strong local pride and a distinct flavour to that particular area. And, you know, we think that those areas definitely benefit by having a local presence. Where there are some other areas where we think you can cover from a a larger office, but uh, no, interesting. So, welcome. And this is day one, by the way. Day yeah, one, day one. It but is. looking out, it doesn't look like your atypical real estate mm-hmm. office, it's quite unique and it adapts to what you would think Newtown is as a marketplace. Yeah, and I always think that's quite nice when you support or at least have some kind of complementary feel to the, the environment and the culture that is. Mm. Newtown. Well, that's yeah, well, that and, and Troy, that's a really interesting point because the approach that we were brought up that. Um, the world of franchising um, says that you will do exactly the same thing no matter where you are in the world. We're beginning to see that 
um, in some franchises, and not just talking about real estate, um, they'll immerse themselves and they will allow one, a small level of flexibility to actually have a connection with that economy, that marketplace, but at the same time having this great balance of being able to keep the identity going. Yeah, you, you look, you've got exactly right, Tom. You, you have to reflect the community to some degree. Has to resonate. And of course, especially for, for larger groups or for franchise groups or for multiple office groups, you also need to have some level of consistency. You don't want to look like every single one is different, Yeah. but you don't want a Darlinghurst design at the Hunter Valley. You know, there's kind of different different uh, areas and palettes. So. Uh, on with the show, but good Let's, to have you here, yeah. Tom. Good night. Nice okay, to have you here. so this is um, Q and A, uh, and I'll read the question from uh, Dave McMahon. Early next year, I'm due to start working as a junior principal at McGrath St George Kieran Breshahan, whose main area is Oatley. I'm currently working as a new client consultant in property management for the same office, and have been there for the past eighteen months. I'm just asking yourself, John Troy what they think the best way to get known in the area, door knocking, involving myself in the community, product knowledge by attending other agents, opens, auctions, also the best way to set goals as I've not worked as a sole agent before and of course if you have any tips for an agent starting out. Okay, well, good when, question. When he's a junior principal, because I know Dave, actually I haven't met him but I've dealt with him because he works one of our offices and I've, I've, I've certainly spoken to him on the phone and online. So I think he meant junior agent or so yeah. working, working for the principal. Kieran and Matt, who have a great business down there. Um, so the first, the, the first thing is always, and it's a similar answer to a whole range of questions along these lines, Tom. It's always about you, Inc. How, how do you be the best you you can be? So every time you meet someone, you leave an impression. Every time you have a meal at a place, you leave an impression. You're meeting people, you're networking, uh, and you're not doing it in a... Because the other thing, Troy, some people try really hard to leave great impressions, and... And that spoils it all because you can feel that desperate try hard look at me energy. So what you've really got to do is, and this is what Dave does, and I'll, I'll tell you about the story about Dave in a minute. You just have to be genuinely loving and passionately serving people without caring about who notices and without trying to get people to notice, but just authentically doing what you do. Now, <coughs> Dave, I've had two referrals that I've sent from my client base to Dave. He looks after our St George area. On both occasions, he has delivered magnificently, well above expectations. So already, my and I haven't met Dave yet, so this is kind of like first impressions of sometimes the first three seconds or sometimes before you even meet someone. Already, I have a very positive impression about his ability to communicate. He's kept me in the loop. He sends me emails every couple of days saying, just letting you know, here's where we're at. Here's what's happened. I've met with a client. Here's the next steps. So he's very clear about his communication. So I'd say he's on the right track. But it's really about service experience. It's about, you know, are you um, giving people an amazing experience? Because most of us meet 100 people in a day, you know, in a cafe, in a cab, here, there, on the street. How many in the last three months have you remembered? Probably not many. So what you're saying, John, is don't think of yourself as, okay, I'm putting my prospecting hat on, I better start calling people to generate lead opportunities. What you're saying is, don't just say it, live it, be it. Be it every moment of the day of service to the people. Um, don't talk to people with a condition in the back of your head that I'll do this and I'll get this. Yep. What you're saying is, 
genuinely from your heart try and just add value to everyone that you speak to and that is considered a form of um, opportunities or getting yeah um, your best business card is being brilliant at what you do and being unashamedly passionate about what you do and people pick up on that and they want to deal with people who are enthusiastic they want to deal with people that are good at what they do in fact great at what they do so I think with Dave, he's, he's already on that track. A lot of people are kind of, they come into a new market, Tom, and you and I have seen it, you know, let's do the letterbox drops and <clears throat> this and that. You know, it's about who can you add value to, um, who can you connect with, people in the community. We've spoken on the, on the series before about Matt LaHood when he was selling, yeah. about creating these little business forums, and he used to get half a dozen referrals a month from his six or eight people that he used to meet with. So it's all about people and not treating them like buyers or sellers, treating them like people and looking after them. But then you've got to be good at what you do because they don't want to just meet someone who's friendly. That's, that's a great start and it opens the door to a new relationship. But in this game where the difference between a great agent and a not so great agent can be $100,000 at the bottom line, yeah. you also need to be able to deliver. I just finished an interview with Will <coughs> Phillips mm-hmm. who wrote $2.7 million and got ranked number one REB agent under 30 years of age and he said something that I thought was extremely interesting. He said, I said to him, Will, are your listing presentations on a friendly approach or are they more on a professional approach? And he said, when I've lacked confidence in being able to deliver adding value or solving a problem and I've tried to compensate by being too friendly, I miss out on the business. And he goes, so to me, it says this. You do have to be liked, but people don't pick you because they like you. Because you're nice, yeah. Okay, people pick you because they believe that they have a problem and that out of the two or three people that they meet during the process, they feel more confident that you're going to solve that problem faster, more efficiently, more intelligently than others. Yeah. And that resonates. He's one of the best agents in Australia. Yeah. And... um, I mean, great, great credit to him what he's done. Of course, he's um, Alexander Phillips, who is also an exceptional. So there's good DNA there Absolutely. for real estate in that family. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree. It's very much around. If you're not liked, people will find a way not to do business with you. Even yeah. if they think you're good, if they think you're a jerk or you're arrogant or they just don't like you, they'll find a way to avoid you because there are other options. If they think you're really nice, but not a great negotiator, not a great hustler, not someone that's really on their game or organised, they're going to find someone else and just say, geez, it was nice to meet that person. But I know, John, as we've read out this question, and Troy, I want you to think, if I was starting, because I, I, I can tell from the questions that he's asking, and that is, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to meet lots of buyers, it's going to give me a great opportunity to make an impression and start building relationships. But I'm, I'm starting off fresh there, and I don't know a lot of people. And he's asking, door knocking, involving myself in the community, product knowledge by attending other agents' opens, auctions. Um, what's the view, you guys? If you, if, for someone new, and if someone was starting here at McGrath Newtown in February 2016, are there any low-hanging fruit, turbocharge ways that they could get in front of a lot of people. Uh, do you advocate door knocking? Well, no, I don't like door knocking. I think it annoys the community and you can knock on a thousand doors to find two that might be interested in talking to you. And I, I, I would rather deal with the people <coughs> that you come across or you hear about that are actually actively looking to sell, if, you are, if you're prospecting for sellers, not buyers. 
uh, rather than annoying people in the middle of their dinner or washing their kids in a bath, the kind of thing. I just think it's, that's for me anyway. The other things I like, open for inspections, what a great way to meet the community. Uh, once you get a few listings, on-site auctions, what a great way to meet the community mm. and demonstrate your wares in the, in the community. Um, so I think yeah, the, the, the beauty is you don't need any kind of mass shot, shotgun approach to like, you know, just try and find lots of those people. All you need to do is find 20 people this Saturday at three or four opens, connect with them, give them great service and really deliver on that. If you do that, the word travels really fast because we still know in this industry, Tom, one of the great areas which people are not up to speed on is buyer servicing. Most agents, if they get a listing, they're usually somewhere between pretty good and exceptional. But when you, if you talk to 100 buyers and said what was the level of service you got from the real estate industry, generally it wouldn't be great. I'll add, um, I agree 1 million percent, John, with what you've just said there, and that's the feedback we get all the time. I did a video blog with a guy called Hebe from LJ Hooker Padstow, another 27-year-old guy that was riding 900 grand, LJ Hooker Padstow, on Friday. And he said, Eric changed my life. I said to him, why? And he said, I went there and he said, you had a guy called Jordan Belfort. Mm -hmm. Two years ago. Two years ago. And Jordan said, who are the shot callers in your marketplace and are those shot callers recommending you? So centres of influence. Centres of influence, right. right? Yeah, that's great. And I said to him, so how did, so, so Heber, how did, how did that help you? He said it was really simple. All of a sudden, I was given an opportunity to go in and speak to prospective sellers because these people had recommended me and it was never a source of opportunities I'd had. And he said, so I remember leaving Eric and I thought, who are these people? It was a loan broker. Goes, it was a local business person that seemed to talk to um, everyone. And I think he said it was a lady that was known as the real estate um, guru, was immersed in real estate, and all the other mums would listen to her about mm-hmm. real estate. And um, um, here's a guy at under 30 years of age out of Padstow, where the average price is around 800000 is ranked 22 in Australia under age 30 in um, the real estate industry. So, great story, um, great story. But I, I mean, I delighted that it was Eric. But wherever you find this information out, the thing is, he listened and he did something. And that, that's the beauty of you know whether it's a podcast or an event or a conference or a book or a cup of coffee with someone. In, at any given moment, someone can give you a piece of advice that can change your life yeah. if you implement it. So, uh, well done, well done. Okay. Yeah. So that, that probably answers Dave. Well, question. yeah, I was just going to say to, to top it and finish it off there, the authentic person that comes through is the likeable person. So when we talk about you, Inc., if you're doing something that's <coughs> falsified or not authentic, you're not going to be able to connect with your audience and actually build relationships, trust mm-hmm. and rapport with them. So whatever activities are being done, if you are meeting them in the marketplace, if you're attending open for inspection, make sure you're being your authentic self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holding Good yourself in the, in, your, in the right positive, enthusiastic nature that resonates and shows that energy that you can really build rapport and trust with your clients and everyone you come in contact with. Yeah, yeah. You Good want point. to deal with people that you like. Good point. Well, there you go, Dave. And next time you can just call me or ring me if you like. You, you can do it through. I'm delighted he's done it through this channel. I'm just worried as to why he didn't perhaps ring us through. But anyway, good to, good to, good to listen. So Dave, we'll, uh, now, we only a few you. sleeps to Christmas. 
coming up, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 sleeps or something. Yeah, it's not that much. Exciting. I don't watch the calendar too closely, but I yeah, know it's well, getting close. All I can tell you is that the good real estate agents in Australia at the moment are listing in 2015 and launching in 2016, and they're going away on Christmas with agency agreements signed up. Just, just as we finish on this time, because I agree with you what you just said, but we were just having a bit of banter before, and Troy said, how'd your auctions go on the weekend and vice versa? I think, Troy, you sold 10 out of 10, either before or at auction, and Tom, you'd done 8 out of 10. So that's 18 out of 20. So these agents that are saying, oh, the market's softened, the market's not as good as it used to be, you really need to rethink, because the smart agents that are focused and good at what they do are still getting 80 to 100% clearance rate, while the other people are sitting there whinging that it may not, they're not having as many buyers at auctions, and I only got four people from my open. I've got to tell you, you've got to throw out the negativity. You've got to get back to the point of this is, this is still the best market in the world, in my opinion, of any city that I know of in terms of buyer demand across all price ranges. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, most of the big cities, Adelaide, most of the big cities in Australia are still exceptional markets. And you need to be treating them as such rather than going into a cave and thinking, you know, that the best is behind us because the best is absolutely with us today and will be in the future. So we will talk next week. Absolutely. See you guys. See you then. Bye.